0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that the, the Mishnah of Pesachim approximately follows some kind of chronolo- chronological order. So it starts the day before Pesach, when we're looking for chametz, Then it goes on to... The Pesach sacrifice itself, which is on the fourteenth, and then it closes with the Seder night, which is the night between the fourteenth and the fifteenth. So we're moving in chronological order, and we're going to pick up now in the third Mishnah, and we're actually going to talk about chronology. We're going to talk about dates. Rabbi Yudalomer, Bodkin or Arba'asar. U v'arba'asar U. uvi Rabbi Yuda says, one searches on the light of the fourteenth or arba'asar. It's interesting that throughout this chapter of the Mishnah, the Mishnah refers to evening as or. As light, And I, I put it in the translation this time around just to make it clear. Rabbi Yudas says, one searches on the light of the 14th. And when he says the light of the 14th, he means the evening of the 14th. And we talked yesterday about the fact that, you know, the Mishnah begins with light and we're at a time of redemption. And light is bursting out, if you like, you know, over the Jewish people. The Mishnah begins with light. So Rabbi, you, you, Rabbi Yudas says, we we search on the light of the 14th and on the morning of the 14th, um, and at the time of burning. So halfway through the 14th, we're going to burn. We're going to destroy the chametz we found. And this, This, if you like, is the end point of the first stage, the first three chapters. So we're going to burn. And we're going to burn. Well, we'll see in a minute where we're, when we're going to burn. And the sages will slightly disagree. Lovadak or Arbasar, someone who didn't search on the light of the 14th. Then they search during the 14th. So the preferable thing is to search at night. If we don't do that, we can search during the day. If he didn't search during the 14th, he must search during the festival. Well, I think this is during the festival. Some people say Patocha Moed means that the Moed is the burning time. But the most natural translation here is in the festival. If he didn't search during the festival. We can even search after the festival for hametz, which has gone over the festival. And what he leaves, what is left over, what, what, basically what is kept from the searching. Because when we search, we're going to find some hametz, right? And we're going to keep it. What Whatever we've left... Now, we'll put that away in a in a hidden place. So that we shouldn't need to search after it. So we're going to find some chametz when we search at night on the 14th or even on the day of the 14th. I'm going to put it away somewhere where it doesn't get lost. So these are the dates. Now, let's just look at the timing in a bit more detail. And in order to make the timing clearer, I just drew out a timeline for you. We'll look at the Mishnah in a minute, but sometimes it's easier to get our heads around the Mishnah if we can already see the timeline. So I've got the timeline up on the screen here. And I've started, I'm assuming, by the way, maybe I should put, I should have put this on the notes, that the sun rises around 6 a.m. because we're very close to the solstice around Pesach time. So I'm assuming the sun will rise about six in the morning and set about six at night. And that's important because when the Mishnah counts time, it counts from sunrise. So I've assumed that the first hour in the language of the Mishnah is around about from 6 a.m. But of course, we've already changed clocks. In Washington, so in Washington, 6 a.m. by the astronomical time is now 7 a.m. Right in summertime, in daylight saving time, so it'll be seven. It'll be seven o'clock in Washington, but six o'clock according to the regular winter clock. And that's the first hour of the Mishnah, and the second hour starts at seven, and so on. And the sixth hour will therefore end. Well, the sixth hour will end at 12 noon. Astronomically, or it'll end at one PM on the summer clock. Now Rabbi Meir is going to eat right the way through the first five hours, and at the beginning of the sixth hour, he's going to start burning. And we need to burn at the beginning of the sixth hour because after the sixth hour, if we come into, if we eat chametz, we're get we are we suffer the penalty of cutting off. There's some terrible, terrible, we don't really know what cutting off is, but there's some terrible, terrible penalty from eating hametz after the sixth hour. So we burn at the beginning of the sixth hour. Now, Rabbi Uda is a bit stricter. He's going to eat for the first four hours. And then there's some kind of suspense period for the fifth hour, but then he agrees we burn at the beginning of the sixth hour. And later we'll see Rabban Gamniel who begins to take on questions of, uh, he goes back to the temple. Very interesting. He goes back to the temple and he says, you know, we can eat chulin. We can eat ordinary and non-consecrated food for four hours. Or we eat trummer in the fifth hour because we're trying to get rid of the trummer. We don't want to burn trummer, right? We don't like burning consecrated food. So we try and eat it. And then in the sixth hour, we burn so that, that's the timeline. Let's have a look at the Mishnah. Rabbi Meir says one eats during the entire five and burns at the beginning of six. That's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yudah Omer. Rabbi Yuda Omer. Rabbi Yuda says Ochlin kol arba. Rabbi Yudah says one eats during the entire four. We suspend during the whole of the fifth. We're not quite sure what that means. We might not be able to entirely explore that today. Anyway, we suspend for the fifth. And we burn at the beginning of six. And Rabbi Yudah, by the way, has got a proof of this from history. And we've seen before that very often, the rabbis are going to prove from history. I mean, we're, we they're proving from history actually more in the Mishnah than they're proving from Drush. There are Midrashim that prove from Drush. But I would say just from what we've encountered in the Mishnah, they're proving more from history. And um, Rabbi Uda is going to give us history as follows. The odd Amar Rabbi Yudah, and he also said, al Two unfit loaves of thanksgiving used to lie on the roof of the portico. This is a portico, this is a part of the temple. So it used to, those two loaves were placed out on top of the porch and people could see that. Kolzman As long as they lay there, all the people could eat. All the people ate. When one was removed, they were in suspense. They weren't eating, but they weren't burning. So one one hour of space time. Why do we need space time? Well, the Rambam comments actually on the previous Mishnah. Rabbi Yudas says, look. There's a gezerah, there's a a, a decree not to eat in the fifth hour. This is the suspense hour, because we might have a cloudy day. So we're trying to estimate these hours, right? But in the time of the Mishnah, they didn't have clocks. How do you know what time it is? Well, okay, you look at the sun, but what if it's a cloudy day? You can easily make a mistake of an hour. And we know there's this awful punishment. There's this punishment of cutting off for eating chametz after the sixth hour so we we're going to be a little bit strict we're going to stop eating an hour before it's time to burn and then the rambam concludes the halacha, rabbi the halacha is according to rabbi yudah so rabbi yudah has this interim hour an extra hour and then he continues the narrative, when both of them were removed, when both the loaves are removed, and then all the people begin to burn. So Rabbi Yudah has got a proof from history for his view. And by the way, he started to introduce the parallel between Chametz, which is left over and needs to be burned. And leftover loaves. And we're going to learn in the Gemara, actually, that leftover loaves need to be burnt too. There is some analogy between, if you like, leftover chametz and leftover loaves. Let's come to that. But let's let's have a look at Rabban Gamliel. Because Rabban Gamliel also is going to start building parallels between the chametz, what's going on in the people of Israel, and what's going on in the temple. Rabban Gamliel Omer, Cholin Echalim Kol Arba. Rabban Gamliel says, it's Cholin it's that you can eat all four hours. There's a different chronology here. It's not to do with our estimation of risk of a cloudy day. It's to do with the status of the food. Cholin Echalim Kol Arba. We can eat Cholin during the entire four hours. Utruma Kol Chamesh. We can eat truma during the five we don't want to burn truma we're careful about truma so we're prepared to spend another hour eating truma also perhaps the people eating truma are the Kohanim. maybe they are a little bit more careful about timing than the rest of the you know than the you know the amharaites maybe maybe that's going on there too anyway for either reason Rabban gamliel allows an extra hour for eating truma and then he agrees Fisurfin, and we burn at the beginning of six, at the beginning of six. So to go back to the timeline, we're going to burn at the beginning of the sixth hour and cutting off doesn't start until the end of the sixth hour. So we burn an hour before we really need to do that. And we've noticed that these parallels, just as there is this, this, this mention of light, at the beginning of the tractate and, you know, light is associated with Pesach. Hametz is associated with what is going on in the Beit Midash. So the rabbis are, I mean, Rabbi Udan Nasi is, is editing the Mishnah 130 years after the destruction of the temple, but the Beit Midash is running right the way through this Mishnah and we'll see when we learn the 10th chapter that the Mishnah actually closes on issues to do with sacrifices and left over sacrifices. The Mishnah closes on this idea. And I wanted to bring you, just in closing, a little chunk from the Gemara, actually quoting Rabbi Yudah. This is is Rabbi Yudah's voice now from the Gemara. And he's going to explain this link. Nota'asu b'achila uv'hana karet. Leftover sacrifices are prohibited in terms of eating and in deriving benefit. And the punishment is correct, is cutting off. And it's the same for chametz. And it's prohibited to eat and derive benefit from chametz. And the punishment is com- is correct. Chametz and leftover sacrifices seem to be the same. And he closes the point. Just as leftover sacrifices require burning. So to Hametz requires burning. It's like a leftover sacrifice. It's almost like we've got this basically rich man's bread, right? The matzah is poor man's bread. We've got this rich man's bread. It's actually high tech bread. It's Egyptian bread. We're coming from the, you know, the the center of high tech, the center of wealth. We're going out in the desert. We're abandoning this kind of nice bread. And we're taking poor man's bread, which is simple and easy and which lasts, which doesn't expire. Yeah. Right. Risen bread goes off. Matzah doesn't go off and sacrifices go off. And the rabbis, by the way, the, the, in the Beit Midrash reject Rabbi Yuda's argument, and he comes back with something very similar. Chazar Rabbi Yudah, he came back with a different argument. Dinahher, he comes back with a different argument. Notar yeshno leftover sacrifices are included in the mitzvah of you shall not le- leave over. And Chametz, chametz b'val and Chametz also is included in you shall not leave, have leave left over. Ma notabi srefa be just as leftover sacrifices have to be burnt, so hametz has to be burnt. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict.